Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of 1 Corinthians with chapter 14, verses 26 through 40. As the Apostle Paul wraps up that task in the case of tongues, his reasoning leads him to address five matters. Number one, regulating tongues. Number two, regulating prophecy. Number three, regulating women and Number four, recognizing authority. Please listen to Pastor Jim as he delivers today's slice of this week's message entitled, Properly and Orderly. Possibility number two. You could say that it refers only to women speaking with tongues or prophesying, because those are the only two gifts that have been mentioned in chapter 14. Well, I'm afraid that one also crashes on takeoff because the next sentence deals with she should ask her husband at home. That would hardly be suitable if this was only to regulate a woman using the gift of tongues or prophecy in the church. By the way, I will say this, whatever it means, we're about to see in the next verse, that it's obvious Paul believed It was the responsibility of every Christian husband, every Christian head of a household, to be able to answer his wife's biblical and theological, spiritual questions. Men, yes, the Bible says that only men can be elders, shepherds of the flock. That also means greatest responsibility and the most severe of judgment for dereliction in that responsibility. All right, possibility number three, how we might apply this. We could say it only refers to a woman assuming or usurping an authoritative role in the church. In other words, pushing a man out of the way. It does not refer to who are actually speaking in public in the service. Well, that has the same problem as... Number two, in addition to the fact that the only two options here are that she should keep silent or speak. And it's true that a woman is not to occupy the position of authority in the church. That's specified also in 1 Timothy chapter 2, but more is said here than just that. So possibility number four, how do we take verses 34 and 35? Possibility number four is that it means just what it says And it is the rule for all churches. That's the only interpretation that accounts for the clear meaning of the words without reading something into it from somewhere else. Paul instructs all churches to have their public services conducted by the male constituency with regard to teaching and preaching. Now, Does this verse say that a woman cannot use her voice within the confines of the church building? It doesn't say that. 
Does it say that a woman cannot sing and be part of the, the music of the church? No, it doesn't say that. It's talking about taking a leadership role in the worship service. He's not denying that women have speaking gifts, that women can teach, exhort, reprove, um, uh, instruct, but he's saying they should not use those in the public worship service. When a woman has those gifts, they're used in other circumstances outside the public service of the church. And notice the phrase at the end of verses 34 and 35, but they are to subject themselves or they are to submit This says what a woman's role is in worship. Now, as in every passage that deals with submission, like submission of wives to husbands, children to parents, employees to employers, etc., us to governing authorities, always submission is a voluntary act. The wife submits to the husband. The women in the church submit to the male leadership of the church. No one is ever called to make someone submit. They are to lead with wisdom, grace, truth, compassion, exhortation. Like 2 Timothy 4 says, to do it with great patience and instruction, but uh, no man is ever, is ever instructed to submit his wife. No, you're, you're called to lead her as Christ's, as Christ's example of loving His church. You were to love a wife as Christ loves His church and gave Himself up for her. And would you notice also that it said that this is just as the law says. Now, remember, earlier in chapter 14, we saw that the law is kind of shorthand for the whole Old Testament. In this case, that most directly refers to Genesis chapter 3, verse 16. That's in the context. The fall has just happened. Adam has just eaten and plunged all of mankind and the earth into the curse. And here's the part of the curse that is spoken to the woman, Genesis 3, 16. To the woman... He said, he who? God. God said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain, you will bring forth children. It's part of the curse. But it also says, yet your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. The fall in the Garden of Eden was the beginning of the proverbial battle of the sexes. He says, you're going to have a desire to rule over your husband. Now that everything's been upset, now that you've eaten from the the forbidden fruit, now that you have this understanding of, of good and evil that I did not intend for you, but you're going to still need to be under the leadership of your husband, even though you desire to rule over him. There's an interesting uh, play on that word, your desire will be for your husband. That's used one other time in the Old Testament. It's in the very next chapter, and the idea is sin is crouching at the door, and its desire is to rule over you, like temptation wants to take you down. So that's the, that's the meaning there. There's a similar passage, by the way, 
1 Timothy 2, 11 through 14. And there, Paul calls for male leadership. And his reasoning is based on two things. The order of creation, man first, then woman. And the order of sinning in the fall. The woman was deceived and then the man chose to follow her. Woman was the last to be created and the first to fall. Now, I feel the need to throw in a comment here, too. This text does not address it directly, but I think it's safe to assume when it says, if she wants to learn anything, let her ask her husband at home. What about the women who didn't have a husband at home? What about a single woman who was perhaps the only believer in her household. She didn't have a husband or a father. What about the widow? Um, I believe it's pretty obvious such ones should be carefully, lovingly shepherded by the elders, and they should also call upon godly women in the congregation to help with that. So no one is without human caring and shepherding and teaching, etc. And again, we need to specify, this has nothing to do, when it talks about women and men, it has nothing to do with inferiority or superiority. It is false to claim that the idea of submission of a wife to a husband or women to men in the church means that women are unequal doesn't say that. Never does it say that. Never does it say that women are inferior to men or vice versa. It's the same between man and woman as between Christ and God the Father. You saw that back in chapter 11, verse 3. It doesn't mean that they're not equal, but the Son submits to the Father. He is constantly in submission to the will of the Father, but never for a moment did the Son, Jesus, in His incarnation, ceased to be equal with the Father. God designed this concept of leadership and submission, or authority and submission, headship and submission. And it covers many realms, but never does He, um, does he program in inferiority of one class of people to another. Now, it's not popular to hold to what the Scriptures say about this, but nevertheless, submission and equality coexist without contradicting each other. All right, back to the text, verse 36. Was it from you that the Word of God first went forth? Or has it come only to you? Now, for some reason, and I, and I honestly don't know the reason... The New American Standard Bible translators did not put the word or at the beginning of this verse. It's there in the Greek twice at the beginning of each sentence. Or was it from you that the word of God first went forth? Or has it come only to you? It's clearly meant to be very sarcastic. Paul is saying... Here's the standard for all people in all churches, in all generations, in all times, in all cultures. Or are you the only exception? Are you the ones who have the word and everybody else is, is ignorant of it? 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.